Welcome to the Art of Being a Mum podcast, where I, Alison Newman, a singer, songwriter and Aussie mum of two, enjoys honest and inspiring conversations with artists and creators about the joys and issues they've encountered while trying to be a mum and continue to create. You'll hear themes like the mental juggle, changes in identity, how their work's been influenced by motherhood, mum guilt, cultural norms, and we also stray into territory such as the patriarchy, feminism and capitalism. You can find links to my guests and topics we discuss in the show notes, along with a link to the music played, how to get in touch, and a link to join our supportive and lively community on Instagram. I'll always put a trigger warning if we discuss sensitive topics on the podcast, but if at any time you're concerned about your mental health, I urge you to talk to those around you, reach out to health professionals, or seek out resources online. I've compiled a list of international resources which can be accessed on the podcast landing page, alisonnewman.net slash podcast. The Art of Being a Mum would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land and water which this podcast is recorded on as being the Boendick people in the Berrin region of South Australia. I'm working on land that was never ceded. Hello and welcome to another episode. I say it every week, but it really is a pleasure to have you and to welcome you into this world of encouragement and support for fellow creative mums. Today I just want to give a quick mention to the email that I've been sending out every week. I'm really conscious of the fact that whatever we put online we don't really own and it could disappear at any time and Instagram is the main way that I communicate with you all. So if you'd love to keep up to date with what's going on in the event that, you know, someone like Elon Musk takes over Instagram and wrecks that as well or the simple thing like I get hacked and I lose all my data and I have to start again please go to my webpage, alisonnewman.net slash podcast and sign up to the weekly newsletter where I give a little bit of a more detail about who's on each week and a heads up about who's coming in the following week. And I also have a few little different bits and bobs on there that I don't share on the Instagram page. If that's not for you, no worries. Let's keep chatting on Instagram where I'm most active and you can find that link in the show notes or just search for The Art of Being a Mum on your Instagram. Come say hi. On the show today, I welcome Oni Michalski. Oni is a podcaster, a coach, a licensed counsellor from Montana in the US, and she's a mum of six children aged from 23 to 8 years old. Five girls and one boy. Oni began as a counsellor in the mental health field. When she decided in 2019 to start a business, it was inspired by her own challenges. Things like the house would fall apart if she stepped away, that she had to control everything and that nobody could do the job as well as her. She thought that being a good mum meant everyone else's needs were taken care of, often at the expense of her own. Her online business, Mums Without Capes, brings plenty of her own strategies and experiences with supermum syndrome or the perfect mother myth and her progress with overcoming it. To let go of the negative self-talk, the perfectionism, the people-pleasing and the unrealistic expectations. Discovering along the way who you are and learning to truly love yourself and your life and to finally hang up that super mum cape. In her business, Mums Without Capes, Oni helps overscheduled, stressed out mums to slow down, recognise their worth and find their way back to themselves. Sounds pretty good to me. I hope you enjoy today's chat with Oni. 
thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Oni. It's such a pleasure to meet you and to welcome you today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here, Alison. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. I'm really pleased. Now, tell me whereabouts you are in America. In Montana, which yeah. do you know where that is? Because I um, didn't know where I didn't know where it was. So <laughs> is it like not fully south, but in the middle somewhere? It, no, it's north in the north. Like it's oh, where it? Canada's right. Canada is right above oh, us. Okay, I was and totally we're in the wrong the direction. West. Okay, like two, we're the third state from the west. Yeah, right. But, yeah. I'm from the east coast though, so when I met my husband, I had no idea where Montana was. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm learning so much about um about geography, like American geography. It's really quite mm-hmm. interesting. So what's the weather like there at the moment? Today was actually in the 50s, um, 50 degrees Fahrenheit. So oh, I don't I gotta, know. I gotta translate it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I gotta like, keep it. <laughs> People oh. were wearing um just like jeans and sweatshirts, that kind yeah, of okay. that kind of weather. Um, but usually it yeah. is you know, two weeks ago oh. we had degree like below zero temperatures and yeah. it was absolutely frigid out. Yeah. We, usually we have ice packed roads through the winter. Right now we're just experiencing a little bit of a, a rarity these last yeah. few weeks. Yeah. So that's 10 degrees for us, which is cold. Like that's cold mm-hmm. for us here. Yeah. I mean, for me here, that's a cold winter's day, but we don't get that very often. Um, I still wear my coat, even though I like the the true Montanians. They'll, <laughs> they'll just wear sweat like jeans and a sweatshirt, but I'm still bundled up like oh. with a hat and gloves. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cold to me. Whereabouts are you from originally? So from the I'm from outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yeah, right. So on. it's about the same, except our winters aren't as long or as cold. I don't yep. think so. We still yeah, get right. snow and stuff, but it's yeah. just longer summers there. Yeah, right. So how, when when I saw on the news a few weeks ago, you guys had really, really like ridiculously cold yes. temperatures. Did you guys like lose power and all that sort of stuff and have no, storms or anything? No, I don't think we lost power. Um, it was just so frigid. Like we didn't even want to go outside. Yeah. I pretty much like hibernate from October through May. <laughs> it takes a lot to get me out of the house. Yeah. And I had to invest in a good pair of snow boots and yeah. snow pants and everything when I got here because for yeah. the first few years I like did not go out of the house for real oh so. yeah yeah it gets cold yeah well I'll tell you here today it's I worked it out before it's about 71 in Fahrenheit and okay. it's beautiful blue skies nice. sun yeah. shining it's just it's a really nice day apart from it's a little windy that's the only thing but the other day it was ugh, I have to convert it hang on it was 36 centigrade or Celsius here. Celsius. So what's that in Do you get snow? Then? No, not here where oh, I'm from. Oh, we don't get nice. anywhere I near as cold. Um, I hate so, driving in the snow, so <laughs> that's Yeah, I wouldn't like that either. Um 98, 96, oh. 96 Fahrenheit. It was here just a couple of days ago. So our oh, weather wow. really yeah, fluctuates. Yeah, we'll have like days, a couple of days really hot, and then we'll go back to sort of mid whatever's 70s. <laughs> I'm talking in your. Well, no wonder you guys are all sick all over there. <laughs> oh, I know. It's te- honestly, I swear it has something to do with it. Yeah, and yeah. you get you just get used to something, and then it changes on you. And I'm swear yeah. that that messes with you, with everything in your body. I don't know, but anyway, enough <laughs> about that. I, I actually find it really interesting when I talk to people. I want to know what what their weather's like. It's just something <laughs> that I 
find really interesting. I don't know why. <laughs> it's, it's so funny because like talking about the weather is like considered like that small talk. Just I know what I know. Weather, I just really find it so interesting. In it. I do. I like because it's when I was a kid, I had a lot of pen pals from around the world, and yeah. um, I just loved knowing what what their weather was because, like, it's so different. Like, obviously, we're just talking about you know, I don't get snow, you guys get snow. I find that it's a whole different world, and I just find that really interesting and exciting. Have to... you ever seen snow? Like, have you ever been experienced? Snow? Yeah, we did For go sure. once, but we didn't, we didn't ski. Like we just went to mm. literally see the snow and yeah. um, it was different to what I thought. Like it was really wet. Like I thought yeah. it would be, I don't know what like I thought, gallery. but like, like yeah, gallery. like, yeah, I like sat down and just got saturated because <laughs> <It was just laughs> we weren't planning. Like we didn't have, yeah, we just had normal clothes on. We just went for a drive one day when we are in, in Melbourne um, yeah, but I'd like, I'd love to go skiing. I think it would be really fun. I don't think I'd be very good at it, but I'd like to try. <laughs> I, um, I, I went in high school for my first time. We try to take the kids every year. Yeah. And, um, a few years ago, my husband and I decided to try snowboarding. Yeah. Right. And, well, when I went in high school, it wasn't until the very last day that I actually got the hang of it. Oh. And then it was years and years afterwards until I got to go try again. Yeah. And, I am not an avid skier at all, but a few years ago we tried snowboarding and that I was even worse at. <laughs> <laughs> like, my calves were killing. I went like three oh, times yeah. down. I was like, the the most awkward thing was getting up on the snowboard. Yeah, right. Like, it was just awkward. My whole butt's up in the air. <laughs> not at that all. Would be me. I, wanted to be. I wanted to be a cool snowboarder and it wasn't happening. <laughs> yeah. I love I love watching them on the Olympics and stuff, how they just like roar down the hill and then they just stop, like they turn themselves and they just stop so effortlessly. I'm like, oh, that would not be me at all. <laughs> oh God. That's classic. You're called Mums Without Capes, which I think is fantastic. Can you share with Thank us you. what the premise and the sort of ideas behind that are? Sure. So I created a whole business, Mums Without Capes, and yep. what it is is um, I help super moms who moms who think they have to be doing everything and taking care of everything and with the huge like mental load and all of the, thinking they have to do all the things, mm. and I help them create margin in their day for themselves. I help them put themselves on their on their to-do list and give themselves permission to focus on themselves. So that's that. that's really my huge mission is to help moms recognize their own worth and give themselves what they need. Mm, that is that is so important. Like that is mm. the biggest thing that we talk about on this show. It always comes up is that people mums need time to still be the person they were before they had kids you yes. know that side of you just doesn't disappear and fly off into the distance it's like it's particularly still there yeah and mums <laughs> are, are creative and have always had a passion for making and creating and doing trying to find that space within the, the you know the role of mothering can be tremendously difficult um, but it's so important to do it because it's you know it just helps you be yourself I suppose yeah, yeah, it's I mean it's it's so true. Like moms tend to lose themselves when they're sacrificing their their identity 
for the for being a mom, right? Mm. It's it almost happens naturally. You have to fight against it. But I help moms like recognize themselves in the mirror because you get to a point where you're like, I don't even know who I am anymore. I don't know what it is that I like because for so long you're just doing everything for your family, mm. and you turn around one day and you don't even recognize yourself, who you mm. are, what what your purpose is beyond being a mom. How did this come about for you? Was this from like personal experience or anything like that? Yes, absolutely. So by by trade, I guess, or I am a licensed counselor here Mm -hmm. in Montana as well. And so in the mental health field. And when I decided in 2019, all right, I'm going to start a business, right? Like that was like, (laughs) as if I was just going to know exactly what to do. I started learning more about, you know, coaching and how to create a business and everything's like, everyone's like, you have to niche down. (laughs) And, you know, after I learned what that word actually meant, I had niched down to weight loss was what it was because as part of my story, which we'll get into in a second, I had lost weight. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, I'm like, I'll do weight loss. Right. So I started with that. And then I started gaining weight and I was like, this is not working. <laughs> this is not, I can't create a business when I can't even get a, like, a handle on like my own weight. I felt like it was worse than imposter syndrome. So mm. I decided to do some more exploring and some more just, you know, journaling, some talking to other moms and like, just realize, like trying to see like, what can I bring to the table? What can I create a business about? And who do I want to serve? So I knew right away, even with weight loss, like I gravitate towards helping moms. So I am a mom of six. We have six kids. Oh, wow. (laughs) I created Moms Without Capes as a way to bring my own experience because back in 2011, when I had lost, when I started my like weight loss journey or started it, I struggled with a lot of perfectionism and people pleasing and all of the things that kept me from even taking a Zumba class. That was where it started. I mm-hmm. wanted to take a Zumba class and I couldn't figure out how to get the stars to line up for me to walk out the door yeah. because everything I did, I was homeschooling. I had to, you know, I was the primary making sure the meals were all done, making sure the house mm-hmm. was all clean. Like I had so many things on, like so many plates I was spinning. In addition to like, I volunteered around the community and stuff that yeah. I couldn't figure out what it was that I needed to do. So that really started my journey of like self-development and learning to get past those excuses that I was telling myself, the lies that I was telling myself, Mm -hmm. you know, that I, you know, everything that I had to control everything, that the house was going to fall apart if I stepped away, that nobody could do the job as good as me, right? Mm -hmm. All of these things, these expectations that we hold. Mm -hmm. And I really had to do a lot of deep, 
diving into all of that. And so, yes, Moms Without Capes brings plenty of my own struggles and experience with the super mom syndrome mm-hmm. and my, the, like my progress of overcoming it. Actually, I, I say overcoming it, but I still struggle. <laughs> to be yeah. In fact, I just wrote an email to my, my, my moms and I was like, yesterday morning was like one of those moments where I was like, oh my gosh, like everything was, everyone needed me within a 10 minute span. And yeah. I was just like, I can't do this. I can't do this. Right? So like, I have to continually keep myself in check, but where before I would just continually to like give, give, give. Mm-hmm. I've gotten to this point where I'm like, okay, what do I need? And I give myself that. So like in that case, yesterday morning, I was like, okay, I need to walk out. I need to breathe. I need to communicate to my family, like the effect mm-hmm. that this is having on me, like feeling like claustrophobic almost like enough, enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I was able to rebound a lot faster than I would have 10 years ago when I was really like, just thinking that, you know, to be a good mom. I had to make sure everybody else was taken care of. So yeah. I've, I've done a yeah. lot of progress that way. But at the same time, I know that I it's not, it, it comes back. The oh. overwhelm comes back at times. Yeah. You know, it's just the seasons. It's the seasons of like, you know, and the thing is, is our oldest is 23. And then we've yeah. got a 19 year old, two 16 year olds, a 12 year old who's about to be 13 and an eight year old. So yeah. By the time I get to the ear, I'm like, I'm just tired. Like, yeah. I'm just tired, yeah. You know? Yeah. And like, I, I'm a completely different parent than I was at 12, like 23 years ago, right? Like, our older mm-hmm. kids, like, never video games. Like, I was always like, yeah. no, like, that would make me a bad mom. And like, you yeah. know, trying, like, the, the reins I was like holding, thinking that the world was going to collapse. Like, mm-hmm. I was able to definitely loosen up and what I say, let fun mom show her face you know like yeah, be able to sit yeah. back and relax and like enjoy company like enjoy like the company of my family and do things mm. that before no because I always had to be the enforcer I always had to be the one that and it, it was a lot of communication it was a lot of personal work yeah good on so, you that's that's so inspiring that you've been able to do that oh, <laughs> I love that no good on you because I think you took you call it like the super mum syndrome like this perfect mother myth that the good mum in our mind I think we've got all these stories we tell ourselves of of what this person looks like and Mm -hmm. um there's a fantastic um sociologist over here named Dr Sophie Brock and um she talks a lot about this and that person they don't actually exist like if you write down all the things that you think is makes the perfect mother that Mm. person does not live on this earth like they do right. not exist um, but we keep feeding we ourselves, ourselves double standard yes and I think a lot of it like you know the comparison that we we look at other people and we think oh they they're doing that oh I should be doing that or you know you talk about the screen time oh my kid's on screen time this long oh maybe I shouldn't do it a lot of it's you know brought on by this judgment of others or social media you know shows us these ideals that we're supposed to be yeah literally a highlight reel of 10 seconds of someone's life Mm -hmm. um and and we compare ourselves to that so being really conscious of what we want to do as our own self you know not doing what the neighbor's doing or what the person on social media is doing it's I mean it's really hard to do but I think 
I don't want to say that's what it boils down to because it's so much bigger than that. But you know what I mean? Having the faith in yourself to say, right, this is what I want to do for my family. These are the rules in our house regarding whatever, you know, the expectations we have or the morals that we have or whatever, and trying to do it without <laughs> looking sideways well, all the I time. I mean, that comes down to, you know, <laughs> you have to know yourself to trust yourself. Yeah, and when, that's when so you true. you get to that point where you, you don't know yourself, yeah, it's really hard to trust yourself. And then you get caught in that compare game. Yeah. And it reinforces that feeling or that belief of being inadequate mm-hmm. or like never measuring up. Right. And then we have these huge to-do lists that also create this feeling of like, I'm never good enough or I'm mm. never enough. And so yeah. by removing that and, and recognizing like collecting the evidence that says otherwise, because there's plenty of evidence that says that you are a good mom, right? <laughs> like you said, like looking at that definition and you're like, no, like, why am I holding myself to this double standard? But you've mm. got to be aware that you're doing that because so many times we do it in our mind and we cont- we compare ourselves to other people. We compare ourselves to this definition and it's not getting us anywhere except mm. feeling worse about ourselves. It keeps us in this like perpetuating cycle where yeah. it's awareness is one of the the very first step of realizing like I don't have to be this doesn't have to be the norm yeah yeah which is yeah can be really challenging to do it's sort of um oh I can't think what it's called there's a is it Maslow's hierarchy of needs and it's like you get yes. to the top and you're like self-actualized <laughs> so, or something yep. <laughs> and it's like how do you know if you are that you know what I mean it's sort of that thing mm. of looking at yourself from outside in and I don't know it's a weird I can't describe what I'm trying to say but anyway right right but like that self-awareness piece yeah, is huge yeah. and like and but first you've got to like give yourself that permission like it's okay for me to spend some time on myself and in reflection mm. and asking myself what I need because you know I'm working with a lot of people pleasers mm-hmm. that have a hard time setting boundaries yes, that have a hard yeah. time yeah. like you know, stepping away from that people pleasing, saying no, because, mm-hmm. you know, when you're saying no to other people, you're saying yes to yourself. Yeah. And so you've got to, you know, you've got to do the work. You've got to be aware of what, what can change and have that belief that things can actually change. Mm, absolutely. There's a quote that I read on your website um, about putting our putting our needs first without feeling guilty. How do how is that possible? Because <laughs> mum guilt is a massive topic. I love talking about it. I find yes. it incredibly fascinating. <laughs> That's so funny. When you just pulled that quote, I'm like, oh gosh, what's she gonna say? <laughs> <laughs> I swear everybody says that. Everybody when they hear me start going, they think, oh oh, oh what is it? What is yeah. it? Everyone says that. I did that. get caught off guard one time when I was on the podcast. <laughs> and they started saying, like, they wanted me to name, like, the seven things that, like, I had just done, like, a Facebook Live about. And, like, I just did it the week before. And I was yeah. like, uh, like, I don't have my notes for that. <laughs> I'm like, let me see. And then she's like, well, let me remind you. <laughs> okay, you can't remember everything. <laughs> oh, but anyway, so about guilt. Yeah. So, 
this was this was something I really struggled with. And that is something that I also like I see the progress that I have made because I feel way less guilty. And let me tell you a story about when I first moved to Montana, my mom, like my, my own mom rarely took our kids and we moved Mm -hmm. here when I was pregnant with number five. So when we were there, like we had four kids and my mom would like rarely take more than one at a time. So when we moved here, my mother-in-law called me up and she's like, I, I want to take the kids for the weekend. And my defenses went up. Now, my mother-in-law is a great mother. Like yeah. she, you know, she raised my husband, like no problems, whatever. Like yeah. I, I went into a panic, like, cause I had all these things, like nobody can do the job as good as me. Am I a good mom? Because I'm like letting my kids go, like leave me. Like that yeah. was like attached. <laughs> like, yeah separation anxiety on my part but like I all of these things were coming through my mind to the point that I got off the phone and like cried to my husband like she can't take them like the you know we've got I just had all these things right Mm -hmm. and so I then I was crying to my best friend who lived in Pennsylvania and she was like are you crazy like let <laughs> she had to like talk sense to me. <laughs> She's like, "What is the worst that's gonna happen? Like yeah. you, you are gonna enjoy this weekend. Like let her take the kids, right?" So she talked some sense into me. Thank goodness because they went, yeah. and the overwhelming feeling that I had felt at that point was guilt. Mm-hmm. I felt like this tremendous guilt, like of letting my kids like go, and. They went and it ended up being a really good weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We came back, we survived, everything was good, right? And it was doing those kinds of things like over and over. And mm-hmm. even in small spurts, like I talked yeah. about the Zumba class, like yeah, when yeah. I felt like, I felt like one night the stars did line up. Everything was good. There's meal in the slow cooker, the house was clean, the laundry was folded. It was a very rare moment. And Mm -hmm. I I went to the class and it was like, I came back and like, it was kind of like testing those expectations that I held or like that definition of good mom. Mm -hmm. And then taking the time to reflect on it and be like, holy smokes, I got away with that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) The house didn't burn down. Nothing bad happened. Yeah. And I started like collecting the, like things that like, where those expectations that I was holding weren't holding true. Mm. And it was at that thing that my, my belief started shifting. And when my belief started shifting, my thoughts shifted as a result. And then the guilt became less and less. Mm-hmm. And I also learned to ask for help. Yeah, that was something yeah. that I d- was not able to do for a long time. And it's not that I'm perfect and I still struggle at it, mm-hmm. but I'm so much more able to ask for help at this point, I've learned how to ask for help. And I gave myself permission to ask for help, realizing that I can't do it all. And if I want the family that I want to like have with the values in place, I want my daughter, we have five daughters and one son. So I'm like, yeah. I want my daughters to learn that it's okay to, to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And I want my son to realize like that his wife is going to need help. Like we're always talking yeah. about like, you know, the other day we were watching a show, my, husband, my son's like, it was about purpose. Did you ever hear the thing fair play? 
Um, yes. Ibra, yes. Ibra. We were just talking yeah. about this on an episode I recorded a couple of days oh, ago. Yes. That's funny. That's funny. I'm actually yeah. thinking of becoming a facilitator for that. Oh, I read the awesome. book and I was like, this is a game changer, right? Yeah. Like it was yeah. like about a practical tool to communicate the division of, of labor in the household. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so we were watching the documentary. I'd read the book. So I knew what it was about. And my son came in, my 16 year old son. And he's like, we got this whole conversation about purpose. And it brings yes. us back to, cause he was like, well, don't we give you a purpose? <laughs> Try to lay oh. the guilt on, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you do, but I'm made for more. Like I'm more mm. than just a mom. And so, yeah. yeah, like being able to ask for help and have like that collaboration within the household allows you to live your purpose more yeah. freely and more guilt-free, like feeling like that it's okay. It's okay mm-hmm. to do that. It's okay to give yourself time and it's okay to give yourself space. And it's okay to, I know you, you know, you're singing and your art and like all of like, it's okay to discover yourself mm-hmm. and to lean into your passions. And yeah. for so many moms, I've had moms cry to me. I don't even know what it is that I'd like to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's, that's okay. Like it's normal. It, it, yeah. that, it as sad as that is there's so many other moms that are in this same boat yeah like yeah but let's yeah. let's get out of there because you yeah. are meant for so much more your family deserves a mom who leans into her passions mm. you're Absolutely. doing your family a disservice when you're putting yourself on the back burner or you're putting yourself not not focusing on what it is that you enjoy yeah you let yourself... so particularly moms that have had that um, you know, the mums that I speak to are obviously creative and have had that outlet usually before they had their child. And um, I find that, and myself included in this, if we don't do that creative outlet, we're just not the people we want to be, you know, and then even not just for ourselves, but then you actually have to go out of your studio or wherever you are and then parent and be a partner as well. It's like, if you don't have that outlet for yourself, you just, you know, you're all, a bit all over the place. So it's so important. It is so important. <laughs> I just, I'm taking piano lessons right now. That is oh, my lovely. creative pursuit and I love it. Like, yeah, good I, like, I love just sitting there and like, I'm not really that good. And I just started a few months ago. So, but I do yeah. know a few songs and it's so relaxing. Yeah. And I took out my sketchbook and I was like, I need to start sketching. Like, this is like two years ago. And my <laughs> kids are like, you know how to draw. <laughs> so just like create, like finding those creative pursuits and yeah. even my business. Like yeah. I discovered like just even making posts and like mm-hmm. graphics. Oh, Canva. Yes. Oh, I love like, it. Canva sucks <laughs> me in. <laughs> oh, I love it. I didn't spend no day on that thing. <laughs> yeah, like, Canva is like my rabbit hole, you know. I could spend yeah. hours doing that. Yeah. But yeah, just finding those ways to be able to express yourself and just create and get in the flow are mm. so important, especially for moms. Yeah, absolutely. You're listening to The Art of Being a Mum with my mum, Alison Newman.
how did you find your sort of adjustment to being a mum? Did you sort of have any sort of like identity shift, like not identity crisis, but you know what I mean? Like this going from, yeah. from mum, from none to mum. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, a huge identity. And I would, I think crisis was the right word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really was like really, you know, none of our kids were planned. They're, you know, 23 years ago, totally different place. Like I was 22 when I had gotten pregnant, you know, and it was just like, it was a very scary time. I wasn't, we weren't married. I'm I'm actually still with him 23 years later. I ended up falling in love with him and all of that. Yeah. Um, kind of did it backwards, but it all worked out. He's like my best friend and everything. And yeah. um, we had five more. And I feel like every single time I was like, my identity shifted. I was, because yeah. I was at different parts. I was different places in my life. Yeah. Like different yep. things. None of them were planned. Ex- well, number two, we were like, well, maybe we'll have another one. And then I, I, about two or three weeks later, I'm like, well, maybe not. <laughs> maybe I'll focus on my career. Because at that point, I had was um, had got my master's in counseling mm-hmm. and was working as an, as an intern at a domestic violence shelter. And mm-hmm. I loved it. Like, yeah, I yeah. loved the work I was doing. And I was like, maybe I'll be one of those career moms. You know, it's trying to find out what kind of mom mm-hmm. am I going to be? And then you know, of course, how it happens. I got pregnant. So that that kind of made my decision. Mm-hmm. I still, you know, was working and everything. And then I had not worked. And then we had twins. Four yeah. years later, we had twins. And um, that was a huge adjustment, mm. you know, and I, I feel like every time I became, and then, you know, and then we moved to Montana. Every time we I became, got the news, like, yeah. you know, like that I was, I was going to be, I was pregnant. It was, you know, a huge adjustment for our family and for who I was. And I mean, even that, even our last one, like mm-hmm. each time, you know, I, I had to figure out like, how am I going to do this? And what do I, what do I see is like important? And what do I want to, what do I want for our family? Mm. And then, you know, in 2011, that was when, right after I had number five. And so when I entered entered like pregnancy with number six I had already discovered like the world of like Mm self-care and so I had really put that emphasis on making sure it's probably like my healthiest pregnancy because I continued to like make sure that I was taking care of myself throughout it yeah right yeah that's yeah that's a really good point actually it's like I can actually relate to that after you've said it I never thought of it but yeah, I've got seven years between my two and I was completely different points in my life, you know, and had different careers and different level of experience. So, yeah, that's it. Like every time you have another child, you basically find yourself again at a different place yeah. wherever you are at that time. But it was like <laughs> you, you have the experience though. Like you're able to mm-hmm. like 
kind of adjust a little bit differently than you did before because you've got that ex- that past experience like yeah. like I knew <laughs> like this doesn't have to do with identity but I knew by like when I had the twins like there's no point of going to the doc- hospital until I'm ready to like drop and I went yeah. and 15 minutes later I delivered twins like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew you know by the oh, time gosh. I had them I was like okay we have to go get something to eat because I know I'm gonna have ice chips in the hospital <laughs> you know like kind you of know what's <laughs> Yeah. And like, just this is not related to anything at all. I'm just interested to know each time you have your baby, does your labor get shorter each time you go? Um, yeah. Yeah. I would say the, the last one was very strange because that was the only one I got induced because yeah, we right. lived an hour and a half away and from the hospital. And I was so like, I think the doctor was afraid too that I was going to go because we couldn't really judge when. And mm-hmm. so, it was really strange to just be like, all right, family, I'm going to have a baby. <laughs> like, by the time you see me, I'm going to have a kid. Like, And to like know that at like six o'clock, I was going in to be induced. Like that was the strange. And we hadn't found out. The other ones, we found out the gender. Yeah. And the last one, we were like, well, we were kind of prepared for both. At that point, a boy could wear pink and a girl could wear yeah. pink. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Like, we don't um, have the swings and like all the baby equipment that we had in our first few. We're like, we, yeah. we basically knew that, you know, when you have a baby, you don't need all that equipment. As yeah. a new mom, like yeah. a new fresh mom, like you... You think you need all of the stuff. And then yeah. by the time six, we're like, well, we can get by with like. Yeah. <laughs> you could probably write, I don't know, you might have already write a really interesting article about the stuff that you actually do not need. <laughs> like you've, <laughs> you've had that much experience. It's like, yeah, yeah don't need that. Don't really need that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a really good point. Um, and by well, then, like we had already tried the diaper genie, like they're all the gadgets and stuff like yeah, at, at yeah. one point. The thing is with having the kids like so far apart, like having the kids, I mean, 23 to eight, like at this point, like our eight-year-old gets robbed of like a lot of like, say for like the easy bake oven. Like, I'm like, I refuse to buy that. And I'm sorry, <laughs> like you won't have that experience because I know it's junk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll just bake a real cake and put it in the regular oven. So <laughs> it's hard to like Christmas shop for the younger ones. Cause I'm like, at one point we've had that and I'm like, and it's just not worth having yeah. That's really funny. Yeah, I like that. That That's actually yeah. You're like yeah. This this thing won't last long. You know, (laughs) we're not we're not getting this thing. Oh, that's really funny. So growing up, like, were you from a big family yourself? Um, so my family, I had, we had three kids. Yeah, I was right. the oldest. I was the oldest. Um, my my parents had me when they were twenty. So you know, kind of grew up with them. <laughs> like when I look back, in fact, last night we were looking through pictures, old pictures, and we're such babies. Like when I look back at like when we were in our twenties, like oh yeah. my gosh, we're so young. I'm sending yeah. my husband pictures, like look at this. But anyway, mm. so. My parents were 20 and then I was the oldest. And then I have a brother who is 13 years, 13 months younger than me. Mm-hmm. And he is mentally handicapped. So mm-hmm. he grew up, um, like we grew up, you know, what do they say? Irish twins or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. then six years younger, my 
other brother came along and then I thought our family was done and and you know I grew up up until I was 16 when my parents both both same parents Mm -hmm. decided to um well they didn't decide they had you know and oops, <laughs> like it was, a, it was good. It was a blessing. It was a blessing. Yeah. But it's so funny because when I was growing up, like all I wanted was a little sister. Like oh, I used to play every time with my dolls like that. I, you know, there was this doll called kids. It was like my buddy. And then it was, I think it was like kid's sister or something. And like, yeah. I cherish like my cabbage patch kids. Yeah. I always pretend like we're my sister. Like I always wanted a little sister. And then when I was 16, my parents found out that they were pregnant and ended oh. up being a girl. Yeah. I remember it was so embarrassing. I remember going into the bank and the lady at the bank said, I bet you didn't even know your parents did it anymore. Can yeah. you imagine I'm 16 years old, Allison? I was like mortified. mortified yeah. I still remember. And I, I was like, what? Like, you don't want to think about that at 16. And like, <laughs> so, That's classic. So, I remember just being so excited, though, to finally yeah. have that little sister. And it was a cool thing because my my mom, well, my parents let me come into the delivery room. Oh, wow. And so I got to see the birth of her. And I, I, you know, I wrote like a whole memory book, like every day of her life for her first year. Like, oh. I just like loved it. But then it was hard because I went off to college. Yeah. Right. And. I wasn't able, like, I, I wrote her, like, letters, like, when she learned how to go to the potty or, like, in kindergarten, yeah. like, I was able, like, it was, like, from a distance, and I wasn't able to enjoy, like, a baby sister in the yeah. everyday thing. Like, I was, I was, like, dang, like, I wish that happened sooner, but it yeah. did, it happened now. She's 30 now, yeah. so she, um oh. yeah, and, you know, we're not we're not that close we're not as close as we want like as i would like to be we also Mm -hmm. live a country like a a whole country across they still live in the east coast yeah which i'm putting there next week i still go back and visit but um yeah having that relationship like so far apart so i see that with my own kids yeah like the oldest ones and the youngest ones like i know that they're you know even though like now like our oldest will come to the little ones like little like any kind of school functions like our christmas concert and stuff Mm. But I'm like, I know that having that so far apart, that age difference is going to matter, but it's going to make a difference. Mm. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I can see with my own kids, like the the ties, the twins are like incredibly close. Yeah. And right. then like the different sibling combinations that yeah. exist. It's interesting. Yeah. Be, yeah. The dynamics between them and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I with just the seven years between my two, I just think, I mean, I think I was mad for going back again, but you know, that's the way it works. The circumstances, that's yeah. how it happened. But yeah, I think as they get older, they'll get closer because at the moment, I think they just drive each other crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Alex is, yeah. you know. It's like the everyday, like just tolerating. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and they seem to stir each other up quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. but <laughs> they I know think, what, which buttons to push yes. for each other, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But I think, yeah, as they get older, I think it'd be lovely for them to have have that because yeah Mm -hmm. at one point we thought we'd just have we'd just have one and that'd be the end and then my dad said to me once do you realize that Alex because that's my oldest that he won't have um aunties and uncles or something it's sort of there was some relationship that he pointed out that he wouldn't get because he was an only child and I sort of went oh shit like that's I'm making this decision and and like the cousins and all that it was like I'm denying my child this part of a life or relationships with Mm -hmm. people because of my decision and it didn't make me all of a sudden 
go, yeah, oh, yeah. Quick, we better have another one. <laughs> Let's go, um, yeah. yeah, but it just made me realise how um, responsible I was for parts of his life that I might never even experience yeah. and may never see. Yeah. And I thought, damn you, Dad, put me through the guilt trip. <laughs> But it is nice now. And also, like, I think as we get older as parents, like, for, for them to have to organise, you know, like, healthcare as we age or put us into a home or whatever, yeah, you know, it'd be nice yeah. for them to have each other to make decisions and talk to about stuff. And yeah, I, I just see that now with my mom and, like, she's one of five. So she grew up in a pretty big family. And, like, yeah. now with my grandma, who's 93, oh, like, her that's... having, like, those other siblings to bounce things off and, like, to kind of share that care across yeah siblings so yeah. yeah you're kind of like providing for your own security we got half yeah. a dozen kids we like, yeah. <laughs> at least maybe hopefully one or two of them will care about us <laughs> yeah we're planning for our future <laughs> so yeah like with oh, my own funny. parenting like my mom my mom was a stay-at-home mom for the whole time I was growing up up until yeah. um I actually had our first my first kid um when we had Ariella then my mom decided to go back to work And then, so she's been like a working mom for, so for my sister, she's been a working mom, like her whole life. So we even have that different, that different dynamic right there. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's important for you to to do what you do as mm-hmm. your own person, as Oni, without being a mum. Is it important that you're? We've talked to before about about role modelling to your children, but is it is important, particularly for your girls, that they see that that you're doing your thing, that mum does this, and it has nothing to do with us at all. <laughs> I think. In fact, when I when I talk to other moms about self-care, I do a self-care challenge in my Facebook group. And that's one of the big things is like you are an example to your children. Like mm-hmm. like I mentioned before, you're an example to your to your daughters, how like that they don't have to lose themselves. They don't have to lose their identity when they become a mom or when they get married. Like they mm-hmm. can be their own person and develop themselves. Like they're they can continue to grow. Even it's even mm-hmm. more important after they change their role or add a role to their life. And then for their, for the sons as well, Mm. like showing them like that, you know, that their mom doesn't have to, their, or his wife doesn't have to give up her, give Mm. up herself for him. Like it just kind of, it provides that example or that model being a role model. So when I do practice something like my kids know self-care like because the all that's all they do is here my eight-year-old actually for christmas she she's not getting an easy bake she didn't get an easy bake oven but she did get a self-care journal <laughs> oh lovely <laughs> yeah. Even yeah. This morning, we were like you know like okay well what's your plan like you know do you, when are you going to do meditation like it lays it's an adult journal it's not even yeah. like a kid journal but like she sits there like we were trying to fill out the spots that she was able to to plan yeah. like how she was going to 
to take care of herself that day. <laughs> mm, I think that's so important, like to for kids to understand that that's a thing, like from a mm-hmm. very early age, that it, like it's uh, it actually exists and it's important to do. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my eight year old takes it to extreme though. Now, <laughs> right now, right now she's in the middle of person, not at this moment, but this week, she's been personally training my husband. She's like become this like personal trainer, <laughs> and I walked out the other day. <laughs> They're both sitting on the carpet, like in the the rug in the living room, in the yeah. like in lotus position, meditating. Yeah. And oh. like she's leading him in like some guided meditation. Oh, like just out awesome. of her head. Yeah. I'm like, that's so funny. Like I it just cracked me up. Oh, good on it. <laughs> and good on your husband for accepting yeah. that too, because I think it can be hard sometimes for for men to yes. slow down and, oh. and take meditation seriously and then she's like are you gonna do my class mom are you gonna do and then she started tra- saying it was gonna be a dollar and I was like oh <laughs> look yeah. and I'm like no I'm not taking your class she's like why not I'm like because you're bossy I hear you with dad <laughs> you're too bossy oh, God. I, that's, I just love that good on her she's going places that little one good for you <laughs> So tell us if anyone that's listening has got really excited about this and they, they want to catch up with you online and, and find you and get involved in what, what you're doing. How can everyone find you? So Moms Without Capes, I've got a podcast and I talk all about different mental health things. Um, a lot of, you know, what I mentioned, the perfectionism, the people pleasing, all the things that keep us from being able to hang up our cape. Mm-hmm. And then I also am on Facebook. I'm on Instagram too, but Facebook's my main platform. Mm -hmm. And that's where I have a fun Facebook community that I would love to invite your listeners to join me in. We do, um, I have a book club that goes on there and, you know, I try to do some fun events and one of those is included like a self-care challenge that I do where I give prizes and I help you define what self-care is for you and help you make time for yourself. Yeah. Oh, that's so fantastic. that all happens on Facebook. Yep. All right. Well, I'll put all the links um in the show notes so people can awesome. find you and can click away. Um, is there anything else you wanted to mention that I that was on your mind that you wanna Yeah, I just wanna, yeah. you know, I feel like my main mission is to help moms recognize their own worth. And it starts by just asking yourself, what do I need? And so making sure that you are asking yourself each and every day, setting yourself a living with intention. And instead of just like zooming through your day with making sure that you're checking all the tasks that you need, think you need to be doing, take a step back and just ask yourself, what do I need to feel fulfilled? Or what do I need to feel like me? Not, mm-hmm. not me. Feel like you. Yeah. <laughs> like ask, yeah. ask yourself that. And then start taking steps to get back to who you are because your family deserves you to be you, not yeah. to be some shadow of who you used to be. Yeah. 
that's a lovely note to end on. Thank you so much, Oni. I've just, I've loved chatting with you today. I feel like I've got sore cheeks from laughing and I keep wiping tears out of my eyes. <laughs> Laughter. It's been lovely. Um, all the best. Um, I should ask you, what if there's anything in the future that you want to mention that's coming up or anything in particular? Come join the group because our Facebook, our challenge is actually kicking off February 20th. Ah, so, awesome. so I will be right in promo mode when this yep. episode drops. So definitely come just search moms without capes right there on Facebook, or you said you're going to throw the link in the show notes and then yep, sure. that way you can come join the challenge. Definitely Fantastic. In there. Oh, or you can go to momswithoutcapes.com yep. backslash challenge and just get registered, but you'll, it all happens in the group anyway. So beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. It's wonderful. I'm going to check it out too. I think it's, it's really important awesome. to. Even if you feel like you've got a handle on things, it's nice just to check in and just, you know, because like you said, things ebb and flow and you have, you know, different times when things are going good and then other times things might not be going so good. So, you know. <laughs> when everything's falling apart, you're like, what the heck am I doing? Okay. Like I, tell you, I have no idea what the heck I'm doing. <laughs> I've never reached you before. I feel like that's the thing. Like we're all in this together. We're all just doing our best at the time, like whatever the present time, we're all just doing what we can. And it's lovely to have that support and to feel like, you know, you're not alone. You know, we've all got the same struggles. We're all... We're all thinking about how much time our kids had screen time. You know, we're all doing the no. same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's lovely. Ah, good on you. Thanks again, Oni. It's been an absolute awesome. pleasure. Thanks. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. The music you heard featured on today's episode was from Alemjo, which is my new age ambient music trio comprised of myself, my sister Emma Anderson and her husband John. If you'd like to hear more, you can find a link to us in the show notes. Thanks for your company today. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd love you to consider leaving us a review, following or subscribing to the podcast, or even sharing it with a friend you think might be interested. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, please get in touch with us via the link in the show notes. I'll catch you again next week for another chat with an artistic mum.